amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's not just electric. It's a Mercedes. Mercedes EQ. Where luxury is reimagined for a sustainable world. Where iconic design satisfies your desire for better. Where reducing emissions is exciting. And now Mercedes introduce a new dimension to the EQ range. The all-electric EQB. Offering seven seats as standard. The sustainability of all-electric, the luxury of a Mercedes. Discover the all-new all-electric EQB at MSL Ballsbridge Motors. Infinite complacency. People went to and fro over the earth about their little affairs, serene in the assurance of their dominion over this small, binning fragment of solar driftwood, which by chance or design, man has inherited out of the dark mystery of time and space. Sam, what are you doing in England? I'm visiting the folks and school friends for a couple oh, cool. of weeks. Yeah, awesome. what's, what's taking you out there or here? Um, Jane's sister is graduating from a master's program, so we're going down for the oh, ceremony. Wow. Um, Congrats. Yeah, so it should be fun. And then, you know, that's just like one night. So then like the rest of we're there for six days, I think. Um, So we're just going to bounce around. Honestly, we're seeing um, we're going to see Star Wars there. So, Uh, well, don't forget, I believe all of the uh, national museums and galleries in England are free. Yes. uh, Unlike certain countries that charge people to see their own heritage, you can uh, you can see for free. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, they got so right fair. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to definitely go to some museums. Uh, we're going to try to hop over to hopefully Ireland. Um, cause I've always wanted to go there. So yeah, we'll see. We really just want to take advantage of it because God knows when we'll be back. So are you guys going to get over to the Rendlesham forest area? I'm trying. I actually just reached out to some people this morning that live near there and give tours. So we'll see. It's just like, when, like Sam, you know, like if you're going to go to Ireland or even Rendlesham, like that's like a day trip. So that's mm-hmm. your entire day. Um, yeah, I'm just getting there. Yeah. Just getting there. And then, you know, you might have to spend the night there. So, like, we're just trying to figure, just trying to figure it all out now. Um, maybe, better late than never, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you can get out there and see some uh, glowing orbs making some impossible aerial maneuvers or something you know i really want to because you know like i'm i'm like literally like a chapter away from the end of the book and i would love nothing more than to like write about going to england it just you know it it just adds credibility to (laughs) the lengths in which i'm willing to travel to investigate even though yeah, <laughs> even though that's not exactly the case well you should get some uh, if you get there take lots of photographs of you stood with the sign and by the fence and right know, to right. say that you were there <laughs> oh god yep. it'd be so, awesome. yeah. just just no more massive black triangles right ryan you've had enough of those you're like i'm good 
Let's mm. see something different. I'm good on the massive black triangles. No, thank you. I've been seeing a lot of like reports of those lately again, mm. and it's uh, it's really? it's hard. Yeah, I'm. I think there was one. I just saw Mufon posted uh, a case report about it. It happened a couple days ago. Um, I'll try to I'll try to pull it up for you guys. Uh, wow. He he took like a eight minute video of it. Um, oh, wow. Jeez. Yeah, it's pretty blurry, but like he's. He was really good about describing what he was seeing as it was happening and, um, like telling his wife, like, go get the other camera in the other camera. Like, it, was, it was pretty cool. I'll, I'll find it for you guys. All anybody needs to know about UFOs, you just watch the Avengers with that massive flying battleship that yep. they have and then it, yeah. it cloaks. You're like, there you go. That explains yeah. everything. Yeah. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's, uh, US military. It's only a matter of time until they say, yeah, it was ours. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have no doubt. I mean, even my own sighting, I'm almost convinced that it was definitely military, but I can't. I I can't just, you know, admit that full out. I have no freaking idea what the hell I saw. I I don't know. Um, I've yet to talk to you about uh, my sighting, Ryan, about the triangle I saw over Hollywood. Um, We'll save that for another time. But um, what really got me, I think I mentioned to Shannon, was that I was watching an episode of uh, Ancient Aliens, believe it or not. Uh, of all programs, and <laughs> yeah. um, there was We're a clip. That's yeah, right. I know, I know. Car crash TV can't look away. <laughs> um, yeah, it happens sometimes. <laughs> just rubbernecking the TV. Ah, oh, I can't stop watching. <laughs> but um, there was uh, an episode where they they showed footage of the Iceland uh, volcano at Reykjavik, which was 2010. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like uh, uh, not a triangle, but a, a V of lights. And it was identical to what I'd seen over Hollywood two years later. So the footage I saw was obviously two years old, but I sent it to my friend because I was with a friend who saw it. it was three of us actually had seen it over Hollywood. And I sent it to him and I said, look at this. It's exactly the same thing. So if it is our military, what the hell was it doing just sitting in the middle of a volcano plume when all the aircraft were downed? Very right. strange. Yeah, I told, him, I told him last night we were messaging before he... Uh, departed to sleep mm-hmm. and I said uh, don't let the massive flying insects bite you know he's like ha ha very funny very funny yeah. and then we never heard from him again. <laughs> that's right <laughs> well just like you with the black eyed kids we were wondering mm-hmm. if maybe you've got you got taken and in, in ch- in your little changeling now and yeah, <laughs> we, we know why you never want to be on video that whole thing sort of backfired. I was like on Facebook the next day sharing our next episode or whatever. <laughs> right, you just can't help it. I can't. We're social creatures. We had a whole plan, but that's Even okay. Even though Sam's poster was awesome. So, as everyone can tell, we have the whole crew here today, and I'm so excited to have uh, both the guys on with me, Ryan Sprague and Sam Sheeran. And it is Into the Fray episode 13, and we thought to clear out any bad juju, we would take the number 13 head on. And not only talk about random news stories, but we would talk about the 13 Club. So today we will have 13 stories, 13 minutes each for an hour and 13 minutes. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We won't do that. But yeah, so it'll be kind of just a, a chitty chat episode. And then we will dig into the superstitions of the number 13 called Tri-Sky Decaphobia. It's an actual phobia. So there you go. Yeah. I was uh, wondering how to pronounce that. It took me like you know, 10 I shots. I had to hit the Google pronunciation uh, little deal because uh, I had it. I was way off. I was way yeah. off. I was like okay. Triskaidekaphobia. No, tri- <laughs> the, well, the man on Google said Triskaidekaphobia. So I guess always so. trust the man on Google. Yeah, that's right. You got to <laughs> trust Google. So, what did you guys find that's interesting out in the world right now? Ryan, you want to take this one? Yeah, sure. Um. I came across an interesting story this past week, guys, um, which I guess I'm dubbing Monkey Mayhem in India. So this happened this past week in Patna, which is a a city in the state of Bihar in northeast India, um, where accounts of a temple priest by the name of Muna Mishra, uh, he was, you know, sort of clearing the path outside of his home when... (laughs) Now, get this, a group of monkeys threw bricks and stones at him from the terrace above him. They did make contact. The priest was taken to the hospital and he died. So, okay, 
what kind of monkeys would kill a priest. Um, it comes, it, as it turns out, these monkeys are most likely the rhesus Mackay monkeys, which were once wild, but they've since been urbanized by people in India um, who feed them bananas and, and other foods. And um, on Tuesdays and Saturdays, to honor the Hindu god of um, Hanuman, they will they will bring these monkeys in and feed them. Uh, this has just been a running tradition for a really long time now. Um, but these wild monkeys, you know, they're, they're not doing too well in these urban areas. Um, they are snatching things from people. Uh, I know there are monkey sanctuaries that relatives of mine have gone to, and you are warned beforehand, take off anything, watches, jewelry, because the monkeys will grab at them and rip them, you know, off of you if they if they can um so this is what is happening in india but not only that they are killing people um local reports are that um from the area of bihar also in 2014 a woman in northeast india was killed when she tried to chase a gang of monkeys from her farm uh, and there was another case in 2007 in Delhi, which we talked about on a past episode about UFOs, um, where the deputy mayor of Delhi died when he was attacked by a gang of monkeys. He fell from his terrace while trying to escape from them. And then another case, a 14-year-old girl was seriously injured when monkeys attacked her and she fell from a five-story building. I mean, so we don't necessarily have monkeys who are you know, ripping these people to shreds, but they are sort of the cause and the effect to these things is death. Um, so what do we do about these killer monkeys? Uh, well, in India, they are, what they're doing is they're recruiting other monkeys. This sounds like a, oh like a God. sci-fi original movie to me. Um, yeah, the local governments, they're hiring monkey catchers who have trained gray langers, which are, um, larger monkeys almost like a a smaller baboon <laughs> if you will and they're known to be enemies of these killer monkeys so what? they're sending them in to scare these monkeys away bring in the assassins yeah uh but what they're seeing now is almost like not a sci-fi movie but a um <laughs> almost like a benny hill situation the bigger monkeys are now attacking people oh come on yeah. they're joining forces Unreal. they're joining forces yeah <laughs> so it's the apes i didn't it, you know it really is i think the only the only solution to this guys is to bring in you know um what? heston let's bring in heston that's right let's take care of it <laughs> so yeah i thought that was a pretty you know funny yet tragic story about uh killer monkeys in india so there's one see and how how are you even going to rectify that because we all have it in our minds and i'll just go ahead and say it how i mean they're gonna have to go around shooting them now i mean how else do you I handle so. business there yeah, well, it's yeah. Monkey business. It's no that should have been my title so that's it's what i got terrible is there a monkey hell if you kill a priest? I mean, that monkey's got to be in some big trouble. Well, I wouldn't. I wonder what was the. You say was it a Hindu priest? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So these these monkeys are not Hindus then. Clearly, yeah. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. He's an atheist monkey yeah, for would, sure. Would this be considered a hate crime, guys? I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> Definitely. I think it's racist. It racist. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> better file racist. some paperwork. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, at least, though, it's rocks, and they're not, like, eating people's faces and ripping off limbs and stuff. Yet. That, yet, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. They haven't yeah. graduated to that quite yet. We're not to the 28 days later scenario quite yet, but it seems like we're getting there. <laughs> that's an interesting story. I hadn't I hadn't heard that yet, so. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> well, how about you, Sam? Well, I was... um. I've been on a bit of a, a Krampus binge. Um, I've noticed that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for for everyone listening who who's been living under a rock, um, you've you've probably been aware of a, a movie horror film, Christmas comedy horror called Krampus, which is uh, I think it's out now actually. Um, but it's based on a Germanic legend of the anti Santa, um, whereas Santa will bring gifts for good children. Krampus will take away the naughty children. 
Um, and I was fascinated by this idea, more so to the point that he's half goat, half man. So he looks very sort of in a in a Christian sense, very devilish, a very sort of uh, stigmatized pagan look to him. Um, and they think that the idea of Krampus actually goes back even further than, it's pre-Christian, further than we, we have anything to do with St. Nicholas or any of this gift-giving Christmas Christianity type thing. Krampus goes back way, way older. And then I was thinking, well, do we have any similar stories of a similar being out in the Americas? And Native Americans do. They have the, and even today we have sightings of Goatman and, of course, Bigfoot and Sasquatch. And the interesting thing with Krampus is out in uh, Bavaria and Germany, all of the, the European mountainous areas where they have this legend of carrying children off in a basket, Native Americans have a very similar story with Sasquatch. And um, I thought, well, there's got to be something to that. Maybe there's some kind of link. Maybe the hairy hominids of uh, Europe were, in fact, the dawning and the spawning of the Krampus legend. Maybe there are these giant hairy humanoids that carry off children or unwary folk in winter, just as Native Americans in the Americas would warn people to not wander in the woods alone at night, particularly children, because they'll get carried away by a Bigfoot. Um, Krampus is the same. So is this just a fairy tale from Christian law, or does it in fact go all the way back to Bigfoot in Europe? That's very interesting. Sam, I have a question for you. Uh, is the original reports way, way back of Krampus, does it look exactly like the one that is portrayed in the in the drawings and the movies of today with the horns and the whole thing? Well, it's interesting because um, there's so many variations on it. And again, it, in modern times, you know, we twist and we manipulate and we uh, sort of change our legends to fit our needs. If, if we want something to be more fantastical and scary, then we'll add wings or much like the Jersey Devil, you know, the, it'll become more monstrous over the years go by when really probably wasn't very much at all to start with. Krampus, I, I'm really not sure because it always does seem to have this standardized goat horns, hooves, a person's face, um, a goat beard, very hairy body. Um, huge and scary with claws and a long tongue that would lick or taste children and then carry them away. Now, that's an interesting detail. Never heard of uh, Bigfoot licking children, <laughs> but who knows? Now, if you're not in the Christmas spirit or you're a little brat, you know, the, the legend goes, Krampus will take you. No, so what's the point of it tasting the children? Is that another way of him choosing which ones get tossed into his large sack full of other children I, I wonder i mean maybe he's tasting the sweat to see if you've lied or something you mm -hmm. know? Mm. it's been a naughty kid um baby goat there yeah. uh, you know if you've been a naughty kid perhaps he'll give you a lick and find out if you're sweating if you if you know you've been bad and you're pretending you've been good then he'll just find out and take you anyway i'm just guessing but you never know <laughs> it's a good guess i like it krampus <laughs> have to have to love that so that movie is out now I believe it is. Well, the thing is, is the Krampus Day or Krampusnacht uh, is on the 5th. And uh, that was the other day, um, in case anyone's been asleep and not looked at the calendar. <laughs> um, and the day after is St. Nicholas Day. So the idea would be that Krampus, this goat man monster thing out of the woods, would, you know, the anti-Santa, the antithesis of everything that's good, would come out and clean everything up in a sense and make uh, the world a better place by removing all the bad people and all the bad children so that the next day in the same sort of vein as halloween if you will the next day is reserved for all the goodness mm. um, so it's strange even those are somewhere linked in a sense of tradition of having one eve of a monstrous night and then the day after being filled with joy and love and happiness yeah it looks like it looks like the movie Krampus was released on December 4th. So, you know, at least they did their uh -huh. homework, you know, and they stayed yeah. sort of true to the timing of it. That shows that at least Universal Pictures went to some, you know, lengths to make this, uh, yeah. I quote unquote, accurate. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm visiting England at the moment. I'm recording this from England um, and it's windy and it's rainy and it's cold and it's brisk. And it really does feel like a creepy horrible evil movie when you're walking down the streets on the way to the pub um i'm, I'm gonna go see krampus on thursday and i can't wait you have to let us know how it is oh yeah 
You know, I'm going to have a hard time taking the man that plays the father in Krampus. Mm-hmm. He always plays a very funny, sarcastic character, sometimes very serious, but he makes you just laugh because he's so good at it. He was the yeah. one of the brothers and stepbrother, and he was on... Oh, um, Adam Scott. Y- yes. I'm going to yes, have a really yes. hard time taking him seriously in this kind of movie. I'm sure he'll do fine, but well, I just I look at him and I laugh because he's so good at what he does yeah. when he plays in a comedy. Yeah. He was in, um, I believe he was in... Hellraiser Bloodline, the what? fourth one. Really? Yeah, the fourth Hellraiser movie. Okay. Um, I did not know that. Back. Yeah. Or was it the fifth one? <laughs> how, how many Hellraisers are there? I've forgotten. I know we've mentioned this before. I believe officially with Doug Bradley um, playing Pinhead. I think there are 10. Oh, my um, gosh. Yeah, I do have them on DVD. I think... Perhaps it's ten or is it nine? It's it's been a little while since I checked, but yeah. uh, I I know that they uh, the rights for the character were up, and um, oh. a script had been put in front of Clive and Doug, Clive Barker, of course, who created the Hellraiser franchise and the iconic Pinhead from his novels, The Hellbound Heart. Um, Doug Bradley playing Pinhead as an actor, they were they both refused this script. They didn't like this new script. Um, so they didn't pen it to say that they could uh, grant it being filmed. And so, unfortunately, I think the rights were up with Dimension Films and somebody else snuck in there, cast somebody else as Pinhead and made this sort of separate uh, story, but within the same sort of universe, if you will, the same sort of mm-hmm. uh, demonic legend. And uh, I hate to say it, no offense to the actor who played Pinhead, but uh, shame on you for even taking the role. That's Doug's role, and it will always be Doug's role. Um, it was awful. It was awful. You know, you could even say it would have been a great film with Doug. Um, having it not be Doug, even if you put $500 million into that film, it wasn't Hellraiser without Doug Bradley. Just got to say that. I agree, Sam. I think this this holds true, especially for horror movies. I, you know, we have these reboots of all of the the classics, but I think another one would definitely have to be Nightmare on Elm Street when we got that new horrible CGI mess. Of, <laughs> you know, and I liked it. I, I did you I really? Yeah. Well, I never, I never really was a fan or a follower of all the movies when they first came out. The originals with Robert Englund. But um, I do love the first film. I think it's obviously it's brilliant. And it was based on a a true event, apparently, in a sense Mm -hmm. of people actually dying in their sleep or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Inspired by true events. And not many people know that. Kudos. (laughs) Uh, Teenagers dying in their sleep and they're afraid to go to sleep and they're all having the same dream. And um, I think, yeah, Craven got the idea from this real news story, which makes it all the more terrifying. Yeah. Um, but I like the remake. I think um, the actor that they they got to uh, play Kruger, um, I think he did very well. I think he was not obviously it's not England, you know, so it was a different take on it. But I think he did okay. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, I mean, even the uh, the new uh, what was the Halloween as well, Rob Zombies. You know, yeah, like yeah. these guys, they're not bad by any means. It's just, no, it's not, not the all. same, but you know, that's sort of their point too. It's like, you know, yeah. we're not trying to make the movie over again. We're trying to do our own thing. So in that way, I definitely. Yeah. Definitely I think, uh, I think Rob Zombie did a fantastic job on uh, the Halloween films, uh, taking Agreed. it back, giving it an origin story that we've never really seen. I thought he did just a phenomenal job on those films. Um, this is a really nice Christmassy episode. Really is. <laughs> yeah, it really goes in right in line with that. Nightmare before Christmas. <laughs> it yeah. goes in line with Krampus anyway. He's yeah. a big bah humbug, yeah. kind of like, ooh, tasty little child, you've been a bad bad one, get yeah. in there. You make a and good it all stew. started with Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know, Rob Zombie. He he's a man after our own hearts because he's his mind is just incredible. I mean, I I've watched all of the the House of a Thousand Corpses and you know the whole Run Rabbit Run and you're like, man, those are some of those are are hard to watch. And now I can't watch The Office without looking at Dwight and going, God, dude, you get it so bad. You get it so bad, buddy. Um, I, I, I a funny story with him actually. He, oh yeah. Uh, I was in Cafe One Hundred and One in Hollywood, and I'm just sitting there having, you know, some breakfast or what have you. And you know when you get that feeling, it 
where someone's staring at you and you can feel it burning in the back of your head. I turn around and he's sitting there on the next table, but it was like an episode of The Office. He's just in a little mm-hmm. suit and tie with his glasses on, hands on the desk, just motionless like a like a, a mannequin staring at So I sort of nodded and said, oh, hi, and then turned around again and carried on. And then I could just feel this sensation. He's still looking. And so I turn around again, and he's really awkwardly, he's still looking at me. <laughs> What's up with that? It's just the weirdest thing in the world, yeah. He's just trying to mess with you. See, I love him even more now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or maybe he wanted to hire you for something, Sam. That could have been your big break. I recognized man. you, yeah. And you're, you're like, why? What's up? <laughs> yeah, his, yeah, Mr. Mr. Wilson there. What an incredible name. Rain with two N's, Wilson. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Funny man. Yes, he is. Yeah, I just, I can't watch. I've been re-watching The Office. You know, you give it a break for a while, and then you start all over on Netflix. And yep. uh, yeah, I'm like, poor Dwight. Oh, that's so funny. I was watching it this morning. Were you? (laughs) With the Christmas episode, yeah. So we are in the holiday spirit, We are. Absolutely. Oh, yes, where where Meredith gets absolutely trashed and he tries to drive her to uh, to the rehab. To rehab, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know what else I was watching on Netflix? Um, Sorry to, you know, get off track even more, but... Listeners are loving our diatribes. uh, Yes, they're like, where is just a regular interview where you guys can just shut up? No, We're just happy to be back together again. It's a reunion show for number 13. I've missed you guys. I was watching a documentary on H.R. Geiger. And I love him. And, of course, Aliens are one of my favorite movies. I'm sorry. I'm a huge nerd. I don't care. Um, He's a very interesting fellow. He's got this... His house is just as you would imagine. Obviously, he's had some sort of a stroke at some point. Now he's passed on. Rest in peace, Mr. Geiger. But his house is just full of clutter. And, you know, it looks like a very... Uh, eccentric man's home and you walk out into his garden and he built a train that you can actually (laughs) sit on and you go through his garden and much like the microphone stand that he built for corn the lead singer of corn it's all those kind of sculptures all throughout his garden and the trains just going through and they have this cool shot of the camera sitting on the train and slowly going through all of these very uh, some of it's very phallic and feminine and reproductive machine. You know, his his whole art is like that. So I was like, man, I just want one thing from his garden. Just one thing. Well, actually, uh, funnily enough, this all ties in very nicely because as we have Krampus being the anti-Santa Claus, um, I like to think that Geiger is kind of the evil version of Eric Von Daniken. <laughs> there you go. That's a good. That's a good one. <laughs> They do so, have the same haircut. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, they speak funny. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, they're sort of heavy set men, and they're old, mm-hmm. uh, and they're into a sci-fi. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> bringing it back. Did, see, I'm trying to bring it back to UFOs. Did he mention? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, we're full circle. We can that. end it now. <laughs> There's the segue. <laughs> yeah. Shannon, did they mention it at all about Geiger's work on the film Killer Condom? No, <laughs> I've never heard of this. What is this? Uh, I guess it's a German horror comedy that he worked on. Um, it's set in New York City, and uh, <laughs> this guy's hired to investigate a series of bizarre attacks at a hotel, um, in which the male guests have all had uh extremities bitten off, mm. um, nope. and. While at the crime scene, they enlist the service of a, uh, how should I put this? A, a man who offers women's services, um, who invites him up to the crime room. And before the two men engage in a, a certain act, uh, a living condom interrupts them and bites off. <laughs> I, I can't go any further. It sounds like um, him. Yeah. And then after that, it's oh. just a, it's a rash of condom attacks. I have no words. Yeah, yeah. Written by Eric Von Donegan. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Forward by. (laughs) Von Donegan to the gods. Yeah. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) 
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> I That's love... a stocking stuffer for you. But um, <laughs> I might suggest that to Eric next time I see him. Condoms of the gods. There you go. <laughs> There's a certain photo. Photo. Um, his wife goes. It's not a photo. That's the whole point of it. I'm sorry. I can't even. I'm not even going to describe this. <laughs> if you right. just, yeah, we're way off track, and I love it. Uh, <laughs> if you just Google HR guy girl, it will eventually come up in the images. I'm not even going to describe it because you can't without being completely just, you know. I have to rate the show something else. But the woman goes, his wife, she's like, yeah, this was used for an album cover and they got taken to court. And one of the people in the courtroom, I guess, said that it was a photo. And she goes, I don't even know how you take a photo like that. I mean, it's an absolutely obscene painting that he did. Uh, It's very obvious what it is but you're still staring at it and figuring out like a rubik's cube like how it's supposed to go (laughs) (laughs) and yeah i I really can't describe any more than that but if you see it you're gonna go oh yeah i don't really know how you'd take a photo like that but okay Mm -hmm. it's very (laughs) geiger so yeah anyway Uh, awful (laughs) yeah yeah rest Um, in peace uh, rest in peace mr geiger uh switching gears (laughs) Please. Yeah, very, <laughs> very hard into reverse here. Um, something interesting I came across was Kristen Cavallari's brother, Michael Cavallari, is missing. And Kristen Cavallari, I couldn't remember what show she was on. She's a, a reality star from The Hills and Laguna Beach, I think, uh, were the two shows. Anyhow, her brother is... 30 years old. He is missing. He went on a trip. He's from California, but he was in Utah visiting. They're not really sure why he was there, who he was visiting, but he he was shown on a surveillance video the night before they found his car. He was he was at a gas station and later the police got reports of an abandoned car on the side of the road on I-70 and this is in Grand County, Utah, which is about 200 miles south of Salt Lake City. So they find the car and it is running and the airbag is deployed and even the driver's side door is open. They didn't make any mention of any blood in the car or any other problems. But I just, I found it strange because granted you could hit your head, airbag deployed, that's not a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if he's wandering out in the desert somewhere, uh, the the temperatures are down in the high 20s, low 30s out there right now in, in the desert in Utah. So mm. he's not in a good situation. The only reason I bring this up is because they have extensively searched the desert. They cannot find any trace of him anywhere. And all he had to do was walk 100 yards off the road that he came from and get some help. So he's obviously not in a good in a good state, in a mm. good position. And there was a while there where his, his sister was not even mentioning the situation so uh, i don't know if he was just into some nefarious acts of some sort yeah uh prior to that and who knows by the time this airs he might be found and fine or 
you know the other direction i don't know but yeah um wow yeah it's a a little odd it's out in the middle of nowhere his phone and computer were left in the car yep so it's it's not like you know he was trying to call for help or anything like that it's hmm. yeah because it does seem like maybe he just you know knocked his noggin a little too hard and walked off into the desert somewhere unfortunately but it you know with that ground being so hard it's the desert and it's cold there's no tracks Right, you couldn't right. track the guy, probably. So hopefully they find him and and that he's okay. Yeah, that's super. Uh, yeah, tragic. I mean, I think that just for the family, just not knowing, I think would be the, the worst. Knowing. The worst yeah. thing. Yeah. It always yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. Well, guys, so number thirteen. Uh, this this episode just kind of came about, you know, with me and Sam just kind of chatting, and I'm like, oh, I think I. For 13, we'll just, we'll just take that 13 head on. That, you know, there's a lot of famous people that have really real phobias of the number 13. Like Stephen King won't even, he will not stop reading on, let's see, I have it written down right here. He won't stop reading on 94, 193, or 382 because they add up to the number 13. So he has to, he has to read past those pages or else he gets the old bad juju on him. Yeah, so we're creating our own 13 Club today, <laughs> and uh, Sam, did you? I know you know plenty about the 13 Club. Do you want to let everybody know what that is? Um, well, I was just sorry to be off on a tangent. Yeah, you throw me there. I've just looked up. You're talking about how to pronounce the phobia, so mm-hmm. I've found that little Google clip. See if it works. Try Sky Decaphobia. <laughs> <laughs> there Perfect. he is. There's my friend. So. Uh, that's yeah. actually Stephen King. <laughs> it is. Listen, listen. Try sky decaphobia. <laughs> Mr. King, how are you? Welcome to Into the Fray. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's gone now. Oh, oh. Um, <clears throat> lost the connection. Sorry, guys. We'll get him next time. He's got another book to write about a haunted pencil. Yeah, his three hundred and thirteenth book. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the Thirteen Club. Um, it's uh, it was a group of people who decided to, if I remember rightly, collect or became uh, unafraid of things that were supposed to be bad luck, like opening umbrellas in doors and walking under ladders and things like that. Am I right? Yeah, they they would much like I said in the beginning as a joke. They would just take the thirteen head on. Uh, they would like to get into the. Um, into the meeting, they would walk under a ladder. They'd have mm-hmm. black cats everywhere. Yeah. I think the the first meeting that they had, and this is in 1881. Uh, it was Friday the 13th at 8:13 p.m. and it was 13 people sat down to dinner in room 13. And it started in the 17th century with if you had 13 people at a table, that's a big no-no because within a year somebody's going to die. Mm-hmm. So that's where it uh, that's where it started way back in the 17th century. So yeah, they tried to take that head on and prove that they weren't afraid of it and nothing would happen. And it it does say that all guests survived and over the next 40 years, clubs popped up all over the country. I think they've died down a little bit, but uh, yeah, they were just trying to debunk the whole thing. And it seems like they were, they were quite successful in doing so. I was just going to say, I I have a a big collection of uh, the unexplained um, books. I think it was like a series in the 70s. I found them when I was a, a young teenager in an old bookstore. It was the complete sort of volumes. There's about 20 odd of them. Um, and there was a whole section on these crazy fools uh, with some wonderful black and white photographs. I'm sure if our listeners could uh, Google image search, you'll find some uh, amazing pictures. We'll put them in the show notes, I'm sure, of um, people literally just smiling with an umbrella indoors a whole and they're all sort of laughing they're all in 40s gear and cigars and stuff not a care in the world and as you say there's all kinds of black cats around their feet and they just they don't care mm-hmm. um, but it's uh it's it's weird i'm, I'm just uh reading here actually as i'm sort of on the fly reading more about it it's fascinating mm-hmm. stuff 13 it's um the last supper there were 13 yep. people jesus yeah. and his 12 disciples of course mm-hmm. he died well i guess that's unlucky um, <laughs> you know, it, there's so many things that you could really attribute to it. Um, I just did the, the Bram Stoker's Dracula Theatre Show and we did 13 dress rehearsals. We performed on Friday the 13th and it was a cast of 13. Ooh. So nothing bad happened though. I didn't actually die. Thank God. I actually <laughs> think, I think it's a, it's a perfectly fine number. Nothing strange has ever happened to me with it. What about you, Ryan? 
Um, I mean, I was looking up some of the other things too last night, Sam. Uh, and you know, a lot of it relates to Christianity. Apparently, that was supposedly the date that many Christians believe that Jesus was crucified um, on a Friday, the thirteenth. Um, that's been disputed a few times. Um, but also, Christians believe that Cain and Abel uh, that that whole incident took place on the 13th of a month. Um, again, none of these things can be proven, but, uh, yeah, some of the other ones, um, traditionally there's 13 steps leading up to gallows when people are, uh, hanged. Um, we have the infamous Apollo 13 mission being the only unsuccessful moon mission as it were. Yeah. Just other things like that. Uh, but there are a lot of positives to the number as well. I don't know if you guys came across any of those. You know, I was hoping to find some light in this darkness. Uh. Yeah, actually, you're you're right though. Uh, the only thing I could find on a positive side was the Chinese and the Egyptians believe it brings good fortunes. Like the Egyptians say that there are twelve stages of life, and the thirteenth stage was the eternal afterlife. So that was good for them. They had no problems with it. Uh, same with the Aztecs. Uh, they considered it to be a very sacred number. Um, you know, it, it sort of stood for completion or mm-hmm. um, uh, what was it? Uh, the goddess. Uh, what was her name? Lelzotil. We need to get Google. Where's Google, on guys? This one. Stephen, Stephen King, where are you? <laughs> yeah, um, she was the goddess of sin and patroness of adulterers. So she was sort of there to uh, to punish punish the wrong um Ooh, she's a fun very one. sexual in nature um in a way uh but it also it's important to note that the number 13 is a prime number it's only divisible by itself and this is also symbolic of uh purity integrity and incorruptible nature so we'll see nothing to be afraid of folks exactly <laughs> wow well apollo 13 is the only unsuccessful moon mission Well, I believe there's, um, I mean, I've been to New York, obviously, Ryan, you're up in that region of the world. Uh, Many of the skyscrapers in New York City don't have the 13th floor. It's just Mm -hmm. missing. That's right. Yeah. Um, Uh, I noticed that in hotels as well. Yeah. yeah. Room 13, as it were. Oh, that's gone too. Hmm. Uh It depends, obviously, hotel to hotel. But yeah, a lot of um, architects will just say just please please number these differently <laughs> yeah i was reading where people that have the number 13 in their address have a harder time selling their houses oh wow yeah. that would be a real pain like if you didn't believe in that and you realize that might be the reason it would drive you insane it really would i mean what is there what is there's also a phobia i believe or a a mindset as it were um around numbers that they all mean something i forget what it's called but um, there's a, a name for the phobia of it right like you have the number 23 that's another big one that, uh-huh. uh, yeah jim carrey debacle back in the early 2000s that's right but, <laughs> that's <laughs> it wasn't that bad uh, you have the the 27 club as well all the famous rock stars that have seven yes yeah, so right. many of them so most recently amy winehouse um right. but you have kurt cobain Jim Morrison, Jimi Hendrix, Jazz Joplin, they're all 27 years old. Very, very spooky. That one really creeps me out. Yeah, more than 13 or 23 or any yeah. of them, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. more tie-ins with, with the numerology of those than there is with the number 13. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very spooky. Very strange. Oh, the um, other one, guys, one of the positives of 13 is it's a baker's dozen. So you always get one free. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right. Give me those 13 Krispy Kremes. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, and you're officially, uh, when you're 13, you're officially a teenager. And then and then all hell just breaks loose. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there was an interesting stat that I read. And who knows how inflated this is. Uh, or maybe it's underinflated. Who knows? It said that there is around 800 to 900 million lost annually because people won't fly or do business as usual on the 13th. That's that's oh, incredible. Uh, so, you, you never think of that, like putting it into marketing standards right. and business. Wow. So if, if anyone suffers from tri-sky decaphobia, please contact us. We'd love to hear maybe how you change your life on the 13th. I'd be interested to hear any... Uh, any little stories on that? 
Same here. <laughs> see, if, if I if I was a better planner and came up with these good ideas sooner, I could have announced it and seen if we could have gotten some people on to share. But it's funny, guys. You mentioned this. Um, I I'm almost done with uh, shameless plug with my book, and um, yes, I I, I sent like the first screenshot to one of the people I interviewed of their chapter where I cover them. And they asked me if I would rearrange it because it was chapter 13 in the book. Oh. So I thought that was pretty interesting. They clearly had, um, not the phobia, but they definitely had issue with, with being chapter 13 in the book. So, um, I refused to change it because of the narrative of the book and the right. flow. But <laughs> yeah, I made it very clear. I'm like, come on, you know, I, this isn't. This isn't some hotel. I'm not going to just skip it. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's funny you bring up, and we'll go back to your books. I want to talk more about that. But you bring up hotels. The MGM here in Las Vegas, you, you used to walk under a lion. Under the lion's belly was the entrance of the hotel. You know, the massive green MGM hotel. They employ a whole city. There's like 10,000 employees or something there. Anyhow, they spent millions and millions of dollars to change the front vacate and the entrance of their hotel because the Chinese think it's bad luck to walk underneath a lion or into a lion's mouth. They mm. they spent millions of dollars doing that. So I could see where an editor or someone might, maybe not personally for them, but they're thinking of the people that may not buy it for a certain reason. But I, I would side with you in a heartbeat, Ryan, because I would be the same way. I'd be like, I worked really hard on this. I'm not going to change it. Sorry. <laughs> so, Ryan, do you have a guesstimation, sir, on maybe when people might have it in their little paws somewhere in the skies? In their little mitts? Yeah. Um, I spoke to my publisher this morning, um, and we really hashed out a lot of the details, you know, the book cover, the... Uh, the index, all that good stuff. So I'm, I'm almost done, guys. Thank God. This thing has taken up two years of my life. Um, for, for the good, but it will be, it'll be good to finally get it out there. So, um, after speaking with him this morning, we're looking at a mid 2016 release. So, Wonderful. and that'll Very. be here before we know it. You yeah. Know? Um, super excited. Uh, I've got a couple more interviews to finish up, and then we're good to go. I mean, I've got everything done. It's just a matter of getting that little content left and letting my editor just go to town on the first draft. <laughs> and and what what's going on with uh, you and Jim Harold's Paranormal Brain Trust? Any new articles out with that? Yeah, I just had a article come out a couple weeks ago now on the Dietlove Pass incident. Um, I'm sure you guys are somewhat familiar with this. Uh, happened oh, yeah. in 1959 in, in Russia and, uh, where nine skiers and their, their leader, as it were, were, uh, were missing for almost a month. And, uh, they found their bodies and it was extremely gruesome, graphic and tragic. Mm -hmm. We still don't know to this day what exactly happened to them, but there are many theories. Uh, involving Sasquatch or, um, indigenous tribes hunting these people down, um, all the way up to UFOs. There were UFOs spotted in the area during, around the time that this happened and trace evidence of radiation found on the bodies afterward. Um, so super strange, super sad and yeah. just extremely mysterious so um yeah people can check that out over at jimherald.com it's part of the paranormal brain trust um with some other really good up-and-coming writers and some very established writers as well in 40 and, and the paranormal so please check it out yeah you don't hear a lot of sasquatch reports with side effects of radiation like what happened with the you know miss betty white and all the problems that they had after their ufo sighting yeah, yeah. so i what do you guys think about the the outlove pass incident and what do you think it might have been hmm, i'll let you go sam any thoughts well um for anyone who missed it there was one of those uh fake documentaries um i think it was on the discovery channel yes it was wrong or it was a history channel i'm not sure it was probably discovery right because yeah, they did that it uh, was discovery that, the mermaid thing and then they did the the megalodon, megalodon thing yep. yeah so the dietlov pass i saw this advertised and i thought wow this looks great and they mentioned um the yeti or yeah sasquatch bigfoot 
um, the Yeti of the Himalayas and, the, you know, Siberia and that whole region, um, the Almasti and, you know, the Almas and all of these big hairy giants out there. And they touched upon that. When I saw the trailer for it, I thought, wow, this is going to be amazing. You know, they must have found something new about it. And I watched it, and of course, it was all fiddlesticks. It was all lies. They just came to sort of uh, these fabricated for TV sort of uh, filling in the gaps of the fantastical. Um, and yet, when you really do look at the case, it, it is stranger than fiction. that This really did happen. And... We don't know, as, you, as Ryan said, what exactly happened. But if I had to guess, um, I think it was uh, they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I think it was a military exercise that involved some radioactive uh, weaponry of some kind. And I think they just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Well, possibly uh, there was a loud noise or some kind of uh sonic weapon or heat weapon or radiation weapon where they ran out of the tent going crazy in all different directions and they all just obviously died from these insane doses of radiation um and then i think in terms of one of them had their tongue missing and their eyes missing i think that's just scavenger wildlife you know picking off little pieces but uh it is very strange but my personal opinion is i think they were in the wrong place at the wrong time with a russian experiment I completely agree. You guys know that there are some police forces who are now using subsonic sound for crowd control. And they have to be very careful how high they turn that up, because if they turn it up too high, they can burst organs or crack bones or yeah. there, there are those weapons that exist. So I, I completely agree with you. You guys, you're absolutely right on both accounts. I, I agree. I think this was a an experiment gone wrong. Um, they, there was rumors that, uh, there were material from, uh, military uniforms found at the site. Didn't belong to anyone involved. There was an extra pair of skis. I mean, that could have just been an extra pair of skis. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's very interesting. And then the case reports from these investigations were never released, uh, to the public. Nothing was ever discovered um, except for firsthand accounts from some of the investigators involved um, outside of the military because they were brought in last to investigate. First, it was the the institute that sponsored the skiers going out on their expedition. But then when they found nothing, that's when they brought the military in. So, again, it could have been anything. But again, like so tight lipped. no official documentation <laughs> is out on this event so we really only have what we've pieced together and the timeline we can sort of try to piece together in terms of all those who died so yeah i agree i think this was some sort of military test perhaps it was some sort of sound wave thing or an avalanche occurred or they thought an avalanche was gonna occur and that's why they they sort of fled their campsite um mm -hmm. Yeah, just a lot. A lot could have happened. We'll never truly know. But I think what's most important is to rem remember that this is a tragedy. Yeah. You know, nine oh, yeah. people lost their lives. And um, we sort of just have to remember them and remember that uh, these things can happen. <laughs> wrong place, wrong time. Exactly, Sam. Awful. Merry Christmas. Merry <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> Rob Zombie and, and we got Krampus and all kinds of good stuff. I love it. What do you what do you got going out there in England? And do you are you doing anything different as far as your day to day for your work or what do you have going on, Sam? Uh, much of the same in terms of writing, illustrating the usual. Um, but I'm gonna be visiting my eighty seven year old grandmother, Catherine. Uh Catherine Shearer. Wow. Um yeah, so you know, as sad as it is, uh the years are going by, so uh it makes it all the more special, you know, the older we get to uh, visit family and remember who you're with and who you're not with. So uh, I'll be doing that with my mum and, uh, you know, it's going to be nice to sort of sit back and have a good Christmas meal. I know yeah. you're enjoying being around more Christmassy time weather, right? Oh, yeah. A little absolutely. bit damper air and colder temperatures. It's... Uh, well, I mean, for the last couple of days, I've been jet lagged from flying from Los Angeles, you know, back to England. And I'm in the northwest of England at my parents' home at the moment. Um, and it is very chilly. It's wet. It's windy. 
it's torrential rain um going to the pub down the road you've got to really think twice before you know how much do you want that beer um <laughs> you're like yeah i want it let's go yeah yeah pick me up on the way yeah that's right <laughs> that's awesome sam i'll be joining you in a week my man yeah i was oh, just gonna sorry. say you better get ready because uh ryan is on his way out there soon we'll have to try to meet up i know you said you're a pretty vast distance from london but yeah 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 I'm, uh, anything I'm can happen right? you just gotta anything grab can. the tardis that's all that's it. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. We should uh, borrow from Micah. Hanks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Micah Hanks can help me. He lends it out. You just have to sign for it in blood, you know. Yeah. Oh, speaking yeah. of which, guys, I forgot to mention. I just spoke to Micah this morning. He is going to be writing the foreword to my book. We wonderful. Asked. Yeah, I oh, I popped the question this morning, and he and said he yes. Said yes. Yeah. Said, yes, congratulations <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic oh i love that man he's great well he's awesome. you couldn't have a better fit for the forward so that's wonderful well guys before i let you go please mention your websites or any other goodies that you might want to tell our listeners no <laughs> hey i'm gonna have krampus come and, and check you out you know give you a little lick you've been bad come on now he's already here he's sitting behind me <laughs> yeah i see him Uh-oh. actually well, you can find me on Facebook, as always, um, facebook.com forward slash uh, Mr. Sam Sheeran. And Mr. is, again, always spelt as the word, M-I-S-T-E-R, Sam Sheeran. Uh, and that's the same for Instagram and Twitter, I believe, is Sam underscore Sheeran. All the things are on the Facebook, but you can just find me through that mostly. And you can add me and like me and follow me and you can hate me if you like. It's t- <laughs> totally fine as well. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm on Facebook too. Everyone knows where to find me there. And, uh, Instagram, I'm at spreg 51 and at somewhere in the skies.com. This 51, what does this mean? I don't, I don't understand. I don't I, know. I just, <laughs> I just, just spoke just to kidding. me. Just Yeah, it just calls to us. It really does. That numerology is coming back. Area 51. Yeah. What? <laughs> what is this Area 51 thing? 51 phobia? I, I... 5 plus 1 is 6, and 6 plus 9 is what? Yeah. So, uh... And I am the same. I am on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and now Tumblr. I am very lazy on Tumblr. I just feel like I'm I'm putting too much on my social plate, but I need to be less lazy, I suppose. And, of course, the website is com. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. If you have a moment, please rate and review us. It helps the show out tremendously. Thank you so much. And keep the emails coming. I would really like to start doing more of the personal encounter stories. Folks are liking that. We like that. It It's always interesting to hear those. So if you yeah. feel comfortable enough, you can come on the line with us and tell us your, your story. Well, guys, a uh, happy Krampus holiday to you. And thank you for joining me for our episode 13. Thanks, happy Krampus. Happy Krampus Day.
Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.